we are in that place of, uh, uh, on our journey through John, we have, uh, it's interesting that as I've been doing my own, obviously studying and preparing for, for these messages, I realized that the gospel of John is the gospel of declaration. And by that I mean, it is the only of the, of the four gospels where Jesus uh, proclaims things, uh, declares things about himself that he doesn't do or is not recorded in the other Gospels. For instance, uh, so far we have looked at, he has told someone, I am he, meaning the Messiah. Uh, he's told some of the crowd, I am the bread of life. He's declared, I am the light of the world. And he's even declared that I am God. When, the, uh, when he was talking with uh, the, the Hebrews and, and the crowd, and he used the name I am. You remember when Moses asked God, uh, who should I say is sending me? And God said, you tell my people I am that I am. And it was the name that was ascribed to God that the, the Hebrews really never, ever spoke. It was considered too sacred to speak. I am. And today we're going to look at uh, two more of the declarations that the Lord made about who he is. So uh, our next stop in our journey through John is in chapter 10. So I'm going to begin reading in verse 1. I tell you the truth. Anyone who sneaks over the wall of a sheepfold rather than going through the gate must surely be a thief and a robber. But the one who enters through the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep recognize his voice and come to him. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And after he has gathered his own flock, he walks ahead of them, and they follow him because they know his voice. They won't follow a stranger. They will run from him because they don't know his voice. Those who heard Jesus use this illustration didn't understand what he meant, so he explained it to them. I tell you the truth, I am the gate for the sheep. All who came before me were thieves and robbers, but the true sheep did not listen to them. But yes, I am the gate. Those who come in through me will be saved. They will come and go freely and will find good pastures. The thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd sacrifices his life for the sheep. A hired hand will run when he sees a wolf coming. He will abandon the sheep because they don't belong to him. And he isn't their shepherd. And so the wolf attacks them and scatters the flock. The hired hand runs away because he's working only for the money and doesn't really care about the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own sheep and they follow me. Just as my father knows me and I know the father, so I sacrifice my life for the sheep. I have other sheep too that are not in this sheepfold. I must bring them also. They will listen to my voice and there will be one flock with one shepherd. The father loves me because I sacrificed my life so I may take it back again. 
No one can take my life from me. I sacrifice it voluntarily, for I have the authority to lay it down when I want to and also to take it up again. For this is what my father has commanded. When he said these things, the people were again divided in their opinions about him. Some said he's demon-possessed and out of his mind. Uh, Why listen to a man like that? Others said, this doesn't sound like a man possessed by a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? Now I'm going to go down to verse 27. In verse 27, Jesus said, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they will never perish. No one can snatch them away from me. For my father, oh, I'll stop there. No one can snatch them away from me. I'll I'll, I'll pause at that spot. Okay, as we have just read, um, Jesus is giving an illustration now regarding who he is of a sheep and a sheepfold. And the first declaration that we came to in our text, it was found in verse uh, in verse seven. It's also found in verse nine, where Jesus declared, "I am the gate. I am the doorway by which true sheep enter in. Anyone that came before me, uh, he said, they were thieves and robbers. You can only get into the sheepfold." through the gate, and I am the gate. So Jesus now declared that he's the door, the entrance to eternal life, because in verse 28, he said, I give them eternal life. Jesus is the gate, which teaches us a couple of things that we need to just remind ourselves, that religion is not the gate. Religion cannot give us eternal life. We cannot experience eternal life through religion. It does not matter what religion you can name. You could name any religion, but Pentecostalism, Baptism, Buddhism, whatever you want to name, Hinduism, religion in and of itself cannot give us eternal life. It is not the gate. Secondly, it's important that we remind ourselves that personal morality is not the gate. You cannot experience, you will not experience uh, eternal life if you are thinking that because of your personal morality, God's going to accept you and you're going to have been a good person. For the Bible declares that no one is good. Come on, look at your neighbor, tell him uh, no one is good. That means you. No one, none of us are good. And what that means is we don't have in and of ourselves the holy and righteous life that will gain us entrance into the kingdom of heaven. So personal morality is not the gate. And it's important that we stress that no other person is the gate. There are religions that have been birthed because a man came and declared that he was the new uh, way, that he was the one that, that, that had the, the great revelation. Uh, and so we have the birthing of, of Islam. And I want to tell you, I want to declare to you on the authority of God's word, Mohammed is not the gate. Buddha is not the gate. Russell, who was the founder of Jehovah Witness, he's not the gate. 
And you have Smith, who is the founder of Mormonism. He is not the gate. Jesus Christ and he and he alone is the gate by which you and I can experience eternal life. And that's important that we lay that first foundation and look at that first gate because if we reject Jesus Christ as the gate, then there is no hope for eternal life. Jesus said, everything else, thieves and robbers. And they, in other words, if you go start following anything else in the end, it will rob you of the hope of eternal life. It will steal away your future because you're dependent upon that thing. I remember growing up, I used to be dependent that uh, I was going to heaven because I was a Catholic. Until God opened my eyes to the scripture and said, there's nowhere found in this Bible where if you're a Catholic, you're going to heaven. It tells me that if I embrace Jesus Christ as my savior, he is the gate by which you and I can experience eternal life. Now, again, this is not a slam on any religion. I simply want to make sure that we all understand here this morning, everyone watching, don't put your trust in a religion because the religion itself is not the gate. Only Jesus Christ is the gate. The second declaration that Jesus made is in verse 14, where he said, I am the good shepherd. I'm the good shepherd. Now, the word good there in the Greek means I am the true shepherd. Or you could substitute the word perfect. I am either the, the good, true, or perfect shepherd. In other words, I am the one that is true to everything that a shepherd is. I am the one who is perfect for your life because a shepherd is someone who leads his flock. A shepherd is someone who cares over the flock. A shepherd is one who protects the flock. And Jesus is the good shepherd because he is our leader. He is our caregiver. He is our protector. Now, there's a couple more reasons why Jesus Christ is the good shepherd. The first thought that came to my heart is found when he said, I call my sheep by name. Jesus is a good shepherd because he calls his sheep by name. Now that speaks to having a, a personal, intimate relationship here. It, it's important, again, and I keep stressing this word important because sometimes we miss out on something so simple, but yet so divine. The Lord isn't some abstract historical figure that we can draw close to. See, some people, uh, they, they, they come into church and they know about God, but they don't have any relationship with God. Jesus Christ died on the cross. He poured out his blood on Calvary so that all of our sins could be forgiven so that we can experience this personal relationship with him. And I want to encourage you here this morning. God knows your name. Come on, look at your neighbor and tell him that. God knows your name. Now, you want, what does that mean, Pastor? Sometimes we think uh, that, that among the sea of all the Christians that there's no way. I don't count. You know, I'm insignificant. No, but listen, no one is insignificant in the kingdom of God. He knows your name. I, yesterday in the afternoon, I began to watch this movie that about a young girl who actually uh, befriended a wild wolf and, uh, in, the, in the wild. And 
there were sheep herders that were after this wolf. But what I found that was interesting is the sheep herder named every one of his sheep. And one of his friends said, you name all your sheep? He goes, of course. And I know every single one of them. And as I sat there thinking, knowing the word that God put in my heart, I said, God, if a human being can attach a name and know every single one of his sheep and his flock, how much more you who is God in heaven? God knows everything about us. He hasn't forgotten you. You're special to him. You're part of his flock, and he knows you by name. The second thing we find is that he, as the shepherd, he does guide. He does provide. He does protect his sheep. Probably the most common psalm in the world to most people is Psalm 23. Let's take a look at Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. I love that. David recognized, I mean, I have everything I want, but I have everything I need. Why? Because Jesus is my shepherd and he provides for everything that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me uh, besides peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along uh, right paths, bringing honor to his name. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, and there are times where we're in a dark valley, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff Protect and comfort me. The shepherd uses, I'll pause there for a second and then we'll, we'll finish. The, the shepherd uses the raw to fend off the predators. And the staff is to draw the sheep close to him. God doesn't use the rod on his people. The rod is for the predator. The staff is for the sheep. And so even in that dark time, we know that, that God has the power over our enemy, the predator, and we know that he draws us close to us even in the hardest, the, tar the darkest of times. Okay, let's go. Verse five. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessing. Surely, goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life. And I will live in the house of the Lord forever. So notice this psalm is a recap of the good shepherd where David realized everything that I need, the shepherd provides. Everything that I need in as far as to sustain life, God provides. Listen, again, let me stress, especially during this pandemic. Do we have difficult times? Yes. But you see, when you recognize he's the good shepherd, he has promised he will provide everything that I need. And God has never, ever failed to keep his promises. Would you say amen to that? Amen. Then he's our protector. When the, when the, prey, uh, the predator comes, whether it be a wolf, a lion, or a bear, uh, uh, the, the, the shepherd doesn't run away because he is there to protect his flock, to watch over them. And surely, he guides us along the right paths. 
Blessed be the wonderful name of the Lord. He's a good shepherd. Because number three, listen, he lays down his life for the sheep. Three times, verse 11, 15, and 17, Jesus declared, I lay my life down for the sheep. If ever we question God's goodness, and if we're transparent and honest, there are times when you and I question God's goodness. Because things unfold in our life in a way that we didn't anticipate. And we wonder whether God is uh, good now. Uh, you know, we love to say that phrase, God is good. And people respond all the time. And then all the time, God is good. And it's easy to recite that when everything is going well. But do we still believe that he is good when there's the dark times come? Do we still believe that God is the one who loves us? All we need to do then is turn back to the cross and be reminded he laid down his life for us. And we saw Wednesday night, if God gave us Jesus who laid down his life, if he didn't, if he didn't withhold his only son, why would God now not freely give us all things, graciously give us all things? Blessed be his wonderful name. Let me give you a, a word about sheep. Because it's interesting Back in our text, uh, let me find my verse. Oh, mm -mm. give me a minute now. I just lost it. Okay, I'm going to have to find it now. Jesus said, I'm the gate. All who came before me were thieves and robbers. Uh, here it is. Thank you, Jesus. Verse 8. Uh, guys, put verse 8 back up on the screen. There's something. Jesus said, but the true sheep did not listen to them. I find it interesting that Jesus added the word true there. The true sheep did not listen to them. Let me tell you something about true sheep. Number one, true sheep recognize the voice of the Lord. If you are a sheep, part of the family of God, if you've embraced Jesus Christ as your savior, then the first thing that God does is he gives you an ear to hear. You immediately in your, receive in your spirit the ability to distinguish the voice of God. And from that moment on, as you embark on your, on your spiritual journey now, it is all about the voice of God guiding us, directing us. Now, here's the thing about God's voice. In 1 Kings, in 9, chapter 19, verse 12, it says this, And after the earthquake was a fire, but the, fire was, uh, the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, there was the sound of a gentle whisper. Now, this was a time when Elijah, the prophet of God, 
was running for his life because Jezebel was looking to destroy his life. He was discouraged. God encouraged him. And then he began this journey to the mountain of God. When he got, got to the mountain, he went into a cave that he found. And there, at, at first time, there was a mighty wind. But the Bible said God wasn't in the wind. And then there was the earthquake. And everything shook. But God wasn't in the earthquake. And then a fire came. But God wasn't in the fire. But then a gentle whisper came. And if you read the rest of that chapter, Elijah covers himself and he goes out because he knew immediately that's God. And God asked him, Elijah, what are you doing here? And the reason why I'm sharing this verse is because part of this spiritual journey that we're all on is to understand with clarity, the voice of God. And unfortunately, oftentimes, because we are so conditioned to live by our emotions, we are thinking that God can only speak through great fanfare. Most Christians confuse their life by saying, I, I, I can't hear God's voice. How do I know where I'm hearing God's voice? And, and it's usually because when I talk to them more, they're looking for the spectacular. I remember uh, talking to someone uh, many years ago when they were saying, I know when God is talking to me. And I said, how do you know? Because I get goosebumps. Well, maybe it's because it's cold outside. What happens with the day you don't get goosebumps? God isn't in the goosebumps. You know, we, we, we get so conditioned upon wanting to be moved that, that we think that that's the only way that God can speak. And God can choose to speak in the spectacular, but you will discover more often than not that God does not speak in the spectacular or the sensational. He speaks in a gentle whisper. Let me put it to you another way. In, in Isaiah chapter 30, verse 21, the Bible says, whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. In other words, as you're going in this spiritual journey, the, the voice of God is going to come, and here's the, the, the way it's described. It's almost as if you're hearing somebody speak behind you, like, who was that? It's the voice of God saying, turn to the right, Carlos. It's turn to the left, Carlos. Don't go down that road. Don't get engaged in that situation. See, the voice of God, the good shepherd's voice is a gentle whisper. It's the voice that you hear behind you. Now, here's another problem that we face sometimes and why we struggle often hearing the good shepherd's voice. There are a lot of other voices that are competing for our attention. They're the voice of television that competes for our attention. Social media is a voice that competes for our attention. People are a voice that compete for our attention. And we live in such a time where all of these are being amplified around us. 
And so there are a lot of voices speaking to us, saying, this is what you should believe. This is the way that you should live your life. Everybody has an opinion. Have you noticed that? Social media has caused an explosion of opinion. Everybody has an opinion. Everybody wants to, to, wants to voice their opinion. Everybody wants to post their opinion. And of course, then what that happens is then, uh, then all your friends voice their opinion. And all of a sudden now we have all of these clamor going on. All, everybody's yapping about their opinion. And if you're not careful, you sit there and say, that sounds good. I think that's the way it should be. Oh, no, I saw this on television. And I saw this. That, that, that sounds right to me. And many of it is contrary to the God's word. But you see, there's a lot of voices speaking today. And what needs to take place, what I want to encourage you to do is you got to declutter all of this stuff. If you want to hear God's voice clearer, you have to start decluttering your life. Psalm 46 verse 10 says, be still. And know that I'm God. Do you know for some of us, what God is saying, be still? Put down that cell phone. Put down that iPad. Get off the computer or the television. Get along with me so that you can hear my voice. We're, we're in such, such a, a roller coaster of life. And then we wonder, well, why haven't I heard the voice of God? God hasn't stopped speaking, you know. God never stops speaking. The question is whether we're hearing or not. And my encouragement to all of us, listen to to Psalm uh, 30, uh, verse uh, 15. In quietness and confidence is your strength. There's a, a need now more than ever before to get quiet before God. I think that scares some of us. Come on, let's be truthful. Some of us are scared to be alone with God. You know, am I going to, again, because we watch too much television, too many movies. Oh, if I'm alone with God, what's going to happen? Am I going to start feeling crazy? Am I going to start shaking? Is God going to come in, in a unique way that's going to rattle me? I want to encourage you today. We serve a God who is the good shepherd. And Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. Every single one of us has embraced Jesus Christ as your Savior. The moment you did that, you received the ability to distinguish the voice of Jesus. You know when the Spirit of the Lord is talking to you. See, the issue seldom is I don't know. The issue is... Will I follow? Oh, 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 that's number two about sheep. Notice Jesus said, they follow me. They follow him. When you hear the voice of God, it is not enough to hear his voice. I say that reverently, but I want to make sure you all understand. Everyone will listen to me, those of you who are watching. Because again, we think that if we hear the voice of God, we're going to be blessed. And that's not true. There is no blessing in the hearing. There's only blessing in the doing. You follow what I'm talking about? We can say, oh, I, God spoke to me. Okay, what did God say? 
Well, God told me I, I needed to leave that relationship. Okay, did you leave the relationship? No, but God spoke to me. How, how is that blessed? We need to be careful. Jesus, my, the true sheep, they don't follow anybody else. They don't listen to any other voice. They only listen to my voice and they follow me. And when we follow the voice of the Lord, meaning when we walk in a life of obedience, then our life is blessed. Why? Because as David said in the psalm, he always leads me on paths of righteousness for his namesake. God will never ever lead us down the wrong path. When we align our lives up with his voice and follow him, he will never leave us nor forsake us, and he'll never leave us in the pla- lead us to a place of destruction. Blessed be his wonderful name. But it's important that we recognize that the scripture gives us a warning to God's people. In the book of Hebrews, in verse, uh, chapter 3 and verse 12, it says this. Be careful then, dear brothers and sisters. No, so notice, he's writing to the people of God. Be careful then. Make sure that your own hearts are not evil and unbelieving, turning away from the living God. You must warn each other every day while it is still today so that none of you will be deceived by sin and hardened against God. For if we are faithful to the end, trusting God just as firmly as when we first believed, we will share in all that belongs to Christ. Remember what it says. Today, come on, say with me today. Today, when you hear God's voice, listen, don't harden your hearts as Israel did when they rebelled. So notice there's there's an exhortation, a warning, if you will, to the people of God. To every one of us that's embraced Jesus Christ as our Savior, there's a warning in the Scripture that's telling us today, that means not tomorrow, not yesterday, but today, when, when the moment comes today, right now, when God is speaking to your heart, when God gives you direction as he is faithful to do, you will hear the voice of God saying, this is the way, walk in it. This is the path I have for your life. When you hear God speak, the Bible is saying, don't deceive yourself. Don't think that you can ignore, that you can rebel against that voice. Don't think that you can continue to go your own way and it will be well with your soul. No, the Bible is saying one of the things that happen is you're deceived by sin. And listen, you're hardened toward God. Now, what does that mean, hardened toward God? It means this. The more you walk in disobedience, the duller your hearing becomes. Until one day, you no longer hear the voice of God. The hardness of heart comes in. And now, you are in full-fledged rebelling against God. And notice the promise is, if we are faithful to the end. 
if we believe just as we believed in the very beginning. There has to be this consistency with our lives and obedience to the Lord. See, the, the, the Christian journey isn't about I started out well, but I didn't finish. No, no. The Christian journey is I have to start out well, I have to run well, and I have to finish well. Will you say amen to that? Right? That's the full journey. And it doesn't matter if we start out well, but then somewhere in the, in the middle we decide this is not what I want to do. I want to go a different way, but I'm okay because, you know, I'm a Christian and I'm going to go to heaven. No, the Bible tells us the opposite. The Bible says we have to be faithful to the end and then we'll share in all that belongs to Christ. That's why the exhortation is when you hear his voice, don't harden your heart. Don't rebel against it. Nobody knows when the hardening will come. What do I mean by that? Let me explain as the worship team comes. If I'd say, well, I don't want to do that, God. I'm not going to do that. I, I don't want to end that relationship. Or I don't want to go and do that thing. And in that moment, I don't know how the hardening of my heart will be. I can deceive myself and think I have time. But only God knows that. And there are people that wake up one day and wonder what happened to the presence of God in my life. Why am, in the, am I in the mess that I'm in right now? And if you can do tracing, you can trace it right back to that moment where you, you heard God's voice, but you just said no to it. And Jesus said, the true sheep they hear my voice and they follow me. And because they follow me, I give them eternal life. Stand with me this morning. It's important that we realize in the natural, when there's a sheep that's rebellious, it tends to stray away from the flock. And the predators, the wolf, the bear, the lion, they never attack the flock. They always attack the, the one that goes astray because it's an easy mark, you see. I'm praying that today we see the wonderfulness of Jesus' declaration, this declaration that I am the gate. It is only through Jesus Christ that you and I can be saved and experience eternal life. And that I am the good shepherd. And that the good shepherd knows you by name. Blessed be his wonderful name. And he provides for you. He guides us. He protects us. And he's the good shepherd because he laid down his life for you and I. We need to, this morning, be grateful that we have the good shepherd. And may God give us the grace to realize I need to hear his voice every single day and I need to follow him. Because it's only when I follow him that I can go through the dark valley. It's only when I follow the Lord that he will provide me and, and there'll be blessings in my life. Would you bow your head right now? Just listen to the sound of my voice as we get ready to close in prayer.
Maybe you're here this morning or perhaps you're watching us online and you're thinking that you can gain entrance into the kingdom of heaven by some other means. But this morning, God's word made it clear to your heart that Jesus Christ is the gate. Religion isn't the gate. Personal morality isn't the gate. And no other man is the gate, only Jesus. And this morning, if you have never embraced Jesus Christ as your savior, if you've never come to him and confessed your sin and asked him to forgive you and to come into your heart by his spirit, I encourage you to do that this morning. Become part of the flock of God so that he might know your name and begin to lead and guide you on the right path. All you have to do is just say, Jesus, forgive me. I'm a sinner. Thank you for laying down your life for me. Would you receive me as your sheep? Would you come into my heart, be my savior, be my shepherd? And if you pray that simple prayer from your heart, the Lord will respond. And you'll be given an ear to hear what the Spirit says. And for all of us that have made that decision, either recently or years ago, as the flock of God, it's so good to be reminded that he knows us by name. My brother, my sister, God has not forgotten who you are. He has not forgotten your situation. He's never abandoned you. He's right there with you. And I pray this morning that all of us would walk out of this building and through this service would recognize the importance of hearing the voice of God. God, would you help us to declutter our lives? There's so many other voices that are speaking around us. Oh, God, we live in a day and age where there is so much clutter that, God, oftentimes we have difficulty hearing your still small voice, oh, God, because of that clutter. So I pray that even now uh, the Spirit of the Lord will help us and, and we will begin to see the things that we need to declutter in our lives so that we can hear more clearer your still small voice. And I pray, Father, that once we hear as true sheep, that we would be followers, that we would obey whatever you're directing us to do, Lord, because we know you'll always lead us down the path of righteousness for your namesake. We know you'll always provide. We know you'll always protect, oh God. And we thank you for those blessings today. May every one of your sheep be encouraged this morning to know that they have the good shepherd watching over their life, leading and guiding them. And we thank you for it even now in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen and amen. Come on, put your hands together for the good shepherd.